anytime I make a distribution as the sponsor to your account, it needs to go to your IRA account. It can't go to your personal account. Once it starts going to your personal account, now your IRA is at risk. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello, welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me, as always on these Wednesdays, we got Matt Jones. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing excellent. How about you, Todd? I'm doing great, man. Just uh, just got back yesterday from Memphis, trying to kick some butts, getting our contractors in gear and uh, making sure they get a bunch of units done. We've got a big push on 44 units that we're trying to have them complete before the end of this month and an additional um, additional 14 units after that that we're trying to have them complete no later than September 15th. So a huge push on a bunch of units and, and just trying to get there and make sure everything is in line and in order and they understand, um, truly understand that, that the importance of getting these units completed. So well, very aggressive. Do you think they'll be able to finish? Uh, yeah, I sure hope so. Uh, I'm not holding my breath. I, they've promised deadline dates before and seem to not enjoy hitting them. So I'm not going to hold my breath that they're going to get them done, but that's why we're showing up so often. I showed up two or three weeks ago. My business partner showed up uh, two weeks ago. Then I showed up again. And my other business partner is going to be showing up next week. And so we're just continuing to hammer this and then trying to get these units completed and make sure they understand the importance of getting the units completed uh, in order to, I mean, we, we just, you know, here's the, here's the thing, Matt, when you have any renovation project, whether it's big or small, well, you have to understand as a, as a investor is every month that unit sits vacant every day, that unit sits vacant, you're losing money and it's not just the expense, right? So we've got property taxes, we've got insurance, we've got, you know, heating and cooling costs, we've got, you know, lights and, and outlets and stuff like that. So we've you know, maintenance and all that kind of stuff. So we got costs, right? And we got our mortgage. Uh, so we're losing money because that that's not occupied. And so we start expenses are not necessarily fixed, but still pretty close, right? Just because a unit's vacant doesn't mean we're saving a ton of money. We save a little bit on electricity and gas and, you know, the, the maintenance guy doesn't have to go there and, and do any maintenance on that unit because nobody's using it, right? But for the most part, we're still spending a lot of money on that unit. And so it's sitting vacant. Well, but what we're also doing is we're missing that income and that can add up really, really quickly. So if you take our expense and you take our income and you start combining that and you say, well, this unit sitting vacant, what is that loss? I mean, look, we had, uh, we have a property in Kentucky that we're renovating and the contractor was supposed to have done by a specific date. They didn't get any of those units done by those dates that they were supposed to get them done. We had five leases that tenants walked away from five tenants that walked away that loss right there was eighty three hundred dollars okay eighty three hundred dollars now had i could have paid 
$8,300 more to the contractor to get those units done on time or to a different contractor that, right? So I could have hired a different contractor for more money and got those units done on time in theory, right? I got those units done on time and I actually would have been ahead of the game because now that resident is in there. Now I've got occupied. Now we can get onto the next units and start making even more money. So a lot of us want to try to skimp and we try to want to get contractors in there that are, you know, that the we were so worried about the price. So I can't spend that money on this renovation. It's going to cost me too much, but what's it really costing you to hire that person? You also have to look at that if it takes me one month longer and that's five units that's costing me $8,300 more or $8,300 in losses okay we got to consider that when we're considering these renovations so that's what we're thinking about right now if we don't get these 40 four units done by the end of the month what does that look like what is that costing us if it ends up going into September or beyond like what is that costing us in actual dollars and it's not just the dollars that it takes to do the construction it's the dollars and the expenses the income and the opportunity loss yeah with renovating units it's the same as like flipping houses the velocity uh of of your progress is, is what matters most 100%. you know yeah and and uh luckily for our listeners we have that recent episode where we were talking about uh construction management so if if anybody wants to listen to that for some more details they can check that out um yeah. So we actually have an event coming up here this uh, coming Monday, uh, August 22nd for our uh, listeners who are in the Twin Cities. We're going to be having a happy hour networking event at Insight Brewery in Minneapolis. And so I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, come on, come on to Insight. Uh, it's what would you say the 22nd at what time? 5.30 p.m. 5.30. Okay. So it starts at 5.30. Um you know, come, come and hang out. We don't have a special presentation or anything, more just a network, get to know each other, uh, talk real estate, talk business, and uh, have a good time. Very good. So cool. Uh, Matt, what are we covering today? Uh, today, we're going to be talking about uh, using retirement funds to invest in real estate. Yeah. So and a lot of people don't even know that they have this capability of using retirement funds. I'm sure most people listening to this do know that, but if you don't, you can actually use retirement funds, 401k funds, IRA funds, and move them into real estate. But there's some, there's some like things that you got to think about first. Okay. So, so we can take those funds, we can move them into real estate. We can be uh, investing in cash flowing real estate. We can diversify our funds. You got these financial planners are always talking to you about diversification, yet they don't diversify your funds very well because they're still into stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. That's all they're into. <laughs> so they're not really diversifying your funds as, as well as they, you think. They're in different companies, certainly, but they're in the, still the same basic type. So we're diversifying even more, getting into some real estate, getting into some businesses. You can even do like horse, horses, uh, all kinds of different stuff with your self-directed IRA. Uh, but what a couple things to think about. First of all, if you're in your current company, all right, let's say you work for, um, I don't know, name, name a company, name, name a big company, Walmart. Uh, 
Yeah, Walmart, sure. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Say if you're a manager for Walmart, you got this nice 401k, but and you've been with Walmart for 15 years, you've built it up pretty good, but you're still with Walmart. And well, you're likely not going to be able to roll that over into a self-directed IRA in order to buy real estate or invest in real estate. So you have to understand that if you're in your own company, if you're in the same company, there's a good chance you can't roll that over. Now, there, it's not that you 100% can't, but it's likely that you can't. Uh, but if, let's say you're uh, the manager at Walmart and you ended up getting a new job at uh, you know Target, um, now you could likely roll all or some of your IRA that you built up, your 401k that you built up from the time at Walmart. And now you could use that to invest. Uh, if you work for yourself, uh, you can get a solo 401k, self-directed. Um, that could be really advantageous as well. So there, there's lots of options. Um the other thing to really understand is it's really tough to invest in your own deals with the self-directed IRA because, or solo, solo 401k, UKRP, some people, you know, will refer to an UKRP, which is essentially the same, uh, a qualified retirement plan. Um, if the, here's the key, it has to be, you cannot be managing the asset. You cannot, you don't control, you can't really touch the funds within your 401k, right? IRA, whatever. The government won't allow that. If, they, if you do touch it, then it it's at risk. So that's the same thing with the investment. If you're fully involved in the success of the investment, if it's all up to you, there's a good chance that that's not a qualified investment. Okay. Now, if you're hiring a third-party property management company, if you're um, very, very, very hands-off, then it could qualify. I'm not the person that's going to tell you if it's going to qualify or not. Reach out to a self-directed IRA custodian to understand if you're if that's a qualified investment or not. The best way to know if it's qualified investment is to say, do I have anything to do with the day-to-day? -day? If I have nothing to do with the day-to-day, -day, then it's likely qualified. If I have zero to do, even if the property manager calls you up and you have to make decisions, you could be, it could be putting your investment at risk, right? But if you're investing passively in, in you know, a syndication, we take self-directed IRA investors all the time. That's qualified. They don't make any decisions. They don't get to make any decisions. So, uh, you know, how can a person roll over their funds from a regular IRA or regular 401k into a self-directed 401k or IRA? Yeah, I think the, the you know, research some of the, some of the um, custodians that are out there. There's Madison Trust, there's Equity Trust, there's New Direction IRA. Um, there, there's, uh, I think Fidelity also has a decent branch. Um, there's quite a few others that I'm missing, but 
there's you could just google self-directed ira or solo 401k and you, you'd come up with a pretty good list or if you know anybody that's done it or if you look if you're looking for um a custodian and you're going to be passively investing let's say you're passively investing in one of my real estate syndications you call me up and go hey what are the companies out there and we've got a list of companies that our investors have used in the past and we can tell you what companies are out there. Now, we're, we don't have any true recommendations because uh, you know, we, we could tell you which ones have been easy to deal with at our end, but we don't know what the investors, you know, necessarily. So, so there might be some referrals that we can give you. And I'm sure if you're looking at investing in whatever it is, something else, um, you can get some referrals too. So, um, so yeah, I think it's, it's fairly easy. Just under, they'll help you understand too. Can you move your money, right? Can you try, how easy is it to transfer your money? You want to understand the fees associated. What are they going to charge you for transactions? What are they going to charge you on a monthly fee? If anything, you know, what, how is that going to, how much is that going to cost? You know, uh, ACH, you know, what are you charging for, for payment cycle, all that kind of stuff. So what are they doing for reporting? How are they protecting your butt, right? That's the, that's the other thing. Like, what are they, what do they have in place that helps protect you? You want to make sure whatever qualified intermediary you use, whoever you're using, you feel like they have your interest, your best interest at hand, right? They are making sure the documents, the paperwork is set up the correct way. They're going to review the documents to make sure you signed the right way. So I've got a subscription agreement, Matt, and my subscription agreement goes out to everyone and they sign on that subscription agreement. Well, you cannot sign on your own behalf with a self-directed IRA. It has to be, I shouldn't say that, it has to be written the right way. So it can't, I can't just sign as Todd Dexheimer. It has to be, you know, let's call it Madison Trust for the benefit of Todd Dexheimer, you know, blah, blah, blah. There's a certain way they want you to sign on that and have everything titled. Are they there for you? Are they making sure that that's done right? Are they able to check over the documents? So those are the questions you want to ask. Are you able to check over the documents to make sure we signed on it properly? Are you able to look at the investment to make sure we have a qualified investment? What kind of advice can you give us? There's some companies that are very standoffish. They don't want to tell you anything because they're not legal advisors. There's other companies that are careful, of course, what they say, but they will help you along the way. Okay. That's what you want. So let's say you, uh, you've got your money into a self-directed IRA and uh, you've found a, a syndication that you want to invest in. How, you yeah. know, so then you sign all the paperwork. What happens from there? Like, how does it all work? Yeah, first of all, I would say before you go and find that syndication, you want to make sure your self-directed IRA is at least set up. And that doesn't have necessarily have to mean that the money is transferred, but everything's teed up, ready to go. Because it does take a while. So make sure you have the custodian picked. Make sure uh, you've had those conversations and understand everything and set your account up and all that kind of stuff. Make sure you're teed up and ready to go and understand the timeline. So talk to the company about the timelines too. How long will this take? If I got an opportunity that comes up, you know, and I want to invest in it, how long does the entire process take? 
make sure you've got a custodian as well. Like who is actually going to be handling your file and have the conversation with them. I, I want to make sure I've got a company that has somebody designated to me. So I don't have to just call this 1-800 number every time I get some random person that I have to try to figure out what's going on. And somebody might give me one answer and then one day and another answer the next day. So let's make sure we got it all set up. If I got an investment, it comes out, I look at it and go, I really like that. I want to invest in that opportunity. It's really as easy as making sure your money's in your account. So getting your money into your account and moving that money into the, into the next uh, account, signing the correct documents the right way, and you're pretty much off to the races. So it's, it's not that challenging once the initial groundwork has been laid. How long does that groundwork uh, take? Like uh, from, I I would say you want to count on, um, you know, I, I look, it, it, it all varies, right? So, but I I would say forty five days. Like, just make sure you're prepared. I don't. You probably won't need that much time, but just make sure you're prepared. Okay. Okay. So now you've got everything set up. Money's in the uh, self-directed IRA account and you found a property uh, that are like a syndication you want to invest in. What's next? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So again, sign, sign the paperwork, right? Get the paperwork signed. Uh, make sure you specify to whoever's taking your investment that this is a self-directed IRA or this is a solo 401k. Make sure A, a they take them which most people will, but make sure they take them, make sure they understand that and make sure all the information that you enter in to their, you know, their website, their portal, uh, whatever, whatever their tracking system is, make sure it's written the right way. So it can't, again, it can't be Todd Dexheimer. It's got to be, you know, equity trust for the benefit of Todd Dexheimer, IRA, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So it's got to be written the right way. And then when the paperwork comes to sign, make sure again, that's signed the right way. And then the money is transferred to the, um, the investment company. And it's got to get transferred from the IRA custodian to the investment company. So it can't, it's not your own cash. It's not, you don't wire money out of your own account. It goes from the self-directed IRA company's account into that. And then you're set. And, um, but, oh, so, so this is super important because if you start getting taxed, right, because at the, at the end of every year, you get a K-1 statement, you're going to get a K-1 statement. And and that's, if that comes to you personally, Matt, now you're getting taxed, right? Now that's an issue. We want to make sure it's going directly to the self-directed IRA company. Of course, if it's taxes exempt, you won't pay any taxes on it. Now there is potentially some taxes that you would have to pay depending on there's all kinds of stuff. So you want to, you want to talk to your CPA and your, uh, your custodian about any potential tax implications. Um, so I don't want to tell anybody that there's never can be tax implications because there can be, um, and I'm not smart enough or really, I shouldn't say that I'm not qualified to tell people, uh, legally what, what's out there. So the payments, the distributions, that's the other important thing. You've got to make sure you've got the correct 
account information, all that kind of stuff that's directed to your self-directed IRA, because anytime I make a distribution as the sponsor to your account, it needs to go to your IRA account. It can't go to your personal account. Once it starts going to your personal account, now your IRA is at risk. So it needs to go to your IRA account directly and not to you and then to your IRA. You cannot touch that money. All right. So all the profits have to go to that uh, self-directed IRA account. All the profits. Yep. Yeah. So so why would you do it? Why would you not do it? I think that's that's really important. Um, Matt, for me, like, first of all, if I've got the cash, if I've got cash and I'm looking to, especially if I'm looking to lessen my tax burden, I'm going to use cash first. Cash is Cash is king. I would use that before my self-directed IRA funds all day, okay? So, but let's say you don't have the cash and you've got all these IRA funds sitting there and you're like, man, I got all these IRA funds sitting here. They're just, I, I don't, I want to diversify a little bit. I don't like that they're all just sitting in stocks, bonds, and mutual funds and some some bean counter is, is looking at them. Um, I want to, I want to move my money. So big pro is you have control. You can choose what investment you want to invest in and how much you want to invest in. That's very huge. And of course, you can diversify as little or as much as you want in non-traditional assets, right? So so that's that's definitely huge. That, that, that's obviously a huge, huge pro. You, you, have, you have a certain amount of control, but you just want to make sure, again, that you understand that control. Um, you, you can't, you can move that money back into a traditional IRA too, if you want to eventually um, you, you can move more money. But again, I don't want to tell you exactly the rules there. Cause quite frankly, I don't, I don't know them a hundred percent. So you want to make sure you're talking with qualified people on it. So I'm curious with the profits, like when you start, uh, you know, getting the payouts into your self-directed IRA account, uh, you know, are they just sitting there or like, can you redeploy those um, right away? Yeah, um, certainly really depends on how active you want to be in your IRA um, investments. Okay. So let's say you get a a $5,000 distribution right? That money could just sit there if you wanted it to, or certainly it could be reinvested in other assets, uh, in, in other real estate. If there's smaller investments you can make, um, it can, it can go to, uh, you know, buy various different things. I mean, there's a lot of investments out there that you can buy with, with less than $5,000. So, so yeah, you can reinvest it certainly. Okay. Yeah, you. Know, I liked your earlier point about uh, using the cash uh, for if you have it available for the investments because uh, the negative K one that you can often get uh, that first year is a beautiful thing to counteract yeah. your taxes. Yeah, that and that's a big benefit, and that's a big I would say negative with using a self directed IRA is that you can't you can't take those tax losses. So even though you get a K one at the end of the year and they did a cost segregation study and all that kind of stuff. And now it shows you a negative loss. You invested a hundred thousand. It shows you a negative loss of sixty thousand dollars. You can't use that against anything. 
right? Be, that just that just is non-usable. Not it's just not usable. So it just sits there, right? Um, so that's that's definitely the negative. And some other positives, of course, none of us ever want to lose money and we don't ever want to go bankrupt. But one of the nice things, if you're using stuff, you're using self-directed IRA money, if you ever have to file bankruptcy, you've got that million dollar exemption still because the creditors can't, you know, come after that. So you got up to a million dollars that are exempt that are in your, you know, self-directed IRA. So that's kind of cool. Well, hopefully that never has to happen, but definitely a benefit. Um, you, I, I would say you also have the ability to create much higher, you know, return on your investment, right? Uh, might require a little bit more effort on your end, but if you have that time and energy and, and want to um, diversify your funds a little bit better, you can definitely create a lot better returns than traditional stock market, you know, stocks, bonds, mutual funds. Yeah, so I, um, a little bit about myself. I've got this old 401k that I haven't been using for anything. Uh, you know, it's still, you know, invested in the stock market, of course, and it's just been doing terribly. So I really need to like uh, roll that over uh, and uh, start using that for real estate because the the people who are in charge of uh, this 401k, they don't give a crap if I make money because they're still making their fees every month. Right you know, regardless uh, of what else is going on. But, uh, you know, if I'm investing in real estate, the sponsor of the syndication cares, like they want to do well by me uh, as their investor. Yeah. And this isn't to bash, you know, people that are financial advisors. I think there's some very good financial advisors that truly care about people and are truly looking out for them and trying to make them the most amount of money. There's a lot of bad financial advisors out there as well um, that, don't care about the people they're serving. And the only thing they're looking to do is make money. Um, there's certainly, there's certainly plenty of those. And, but regardless, whether you are a big stock guy or, or a big real estate guy, the proof is kind of in the pudding that stocks overall have lower returns and higher risk than real estate. And it's just that, that, that the numbers are, out there and it's been like that for a long time. And so if you want to throw some money into real estate and make potentially better returns with lower risk, you know, that self-directed IRA allows you to do that. And it allows you to do, it allows you to put more risk out there as well and invest in, in various other things. So it's not that it's just real estate with your self-directed IRA. There's a lot of other opportunities out there that you can direct, that you can direct your money to, um, you know, startup companies and like I said, horses and just all kinds of stuff. Now there's certain things that are, that are not allowed. I don't believe you can invest in like a hemp farm. Um, you know, there's various other things that you can't invest in anything with gambling. Um, so there, there's a whole, you know, line of, items you can't, but there's plenty of things that you can invest in uh, and be successful with outside of the traditional IRA. So that's, that's a huge, that's a huge pro. Matt, what are some, like, let's talk about some negatives because it's certainly not all roses. For, for me, probably the biggest negative is the, the setup, the, the complications of there's, I guess this, this is a long 
you know, answer, but paperwork and fees, you know, so there's a lot of paperwork and, and there's a lot of, I, I would call it a lot of fees. Cause I would actually say the fees in a traditional IRA are pretty heavy as well. Um, but there's, there's fees and there's, there's lots of paperwork. There's setup takes a while. You have to try to get to understand what the regulations are. There's a lot of regulations. So what's qualified, what's not qualified. You want to understand all that stuff. So I would say just the transition from your traditional IRA where it's super easy. Um, there's just, it's such a big industry, the traditional IRA and 401k, it's such a huge industry that everything is just pretty streamlined where the self-directed IRA solo 401k is a very, very small industry. And so it's just much more, I guess, complicated to get things set up. It takes a little bit longer. Um, it, you know, it's just, it's just certainly a lot more difficult. I would say it's also easier to become non-compliant and that's because of the what, what I was just saying, right? And so if you become non-compliant, now you're subject to taxes. So that's definitely a risk that you want to make sure you're, you're avoiding, right? Um, so by being compliant. So we want to do everything we can to stay compliant. Uh, and But that just takes a little bit more work on your part to make sure that you're staying compliant because it is self-directed, right? And so you do have to know, you do have to learn. So it's not just that you can sit back and let some financial advisor do everything with your money. You have to understand the rules and you're responsible for them. So you you do put yourself a little bit at jeopardy if you don't do it right. Yeah. So uh, a lot more effort uh, you know, it's, uh, uh, than, you know, you know, investing in a regular 401k, a lot more effort than investing with cash into real estate. Um, but if you got that money that you know, you're not happy with how it's performing, then you can take control of it and, uh, you know, you become your own destiny with it. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, I would say it's certainly not likely as liquid, uh, because you're probably investing in assets that are just not nearly as liquid. So for instance, real estate, if you're investing in one of my syndications, and you invest $50,000 from your self-directed IRA, we're not moving that money for three to five to maybe even seven years. That money is locked up. Now you do get distributions and, and that, depending on the business plan, those distributions might flow into you uh, pretty immediately and you can reinvest those funds. But the $50,000 is not nearly as liquid as if you invest in the stock market, right? So if you, that, that's definitely a pro of the stock market is I can get in and out of that same investment within, a, within you know, an hour or less. You know, I can be in, out, I could be trading. There's day traders all over there. It's very, very liquid. We can move our money quickly. Okay. Any other um, negatives? Yeah, I'd say the, the, maybe the last con, and, and there's probably others, um, but you, you need more money to, to have to put it into a self-directed IRA, to, to want to put it in a self-directed IRA, right? If you have 401k or IRA, that's, you know, 15, 20,000, it's not worth moving it. You know, I would say at least 
50,000, but I, I, I would, you know, hinge closer to, you know, a hundred thousand, but I would say $50,000, you know, probably makes sense. You could do it, but much less than that. Uh, there's just not a lot of opportunities out there for you. And so it's probably not worth moving that money for, you know, 10,000 or $15,000, something like that. Well, did we cover everything or are there some more things that we missed? Yeah. I mean, we covered quite a bit. I think if, if look, it's a great opportunity. If you've got IRA funds that are sitting there and you're going, what should I do with this stuff? I don't, I, I don't like what my 401k or IRA is doing. Look at the other opportunities out there and decide if it's right for you. Or if you have a loved one, same thing, or a friend or family member that has an IRA and they're complaining about it, 401k, they're complaining about it. This is an opportunity for them to to potentially take some of that money and move it into a non-traditional asset and do really well with their investment. Very good. Well, it's good that there's this option, you know, because uh, before I came to real estate, I, I didn't even realize that uh, you could do this. I think a lot yeah, of people it, don't. It was actually recently under uh, attack. Um, they wanted to eliminate it. Of course, Wall Street really would love to eliminate it because it takes money away from them. So the more this becomes popular, the more Wall Street will attack it and try to eliminate it. So we thought there was a good chance it was going to get eliminated. Of course, it got struck down, which is great, but thought there was a good chance it was going to get eliminated here. Um, I think it was within the last year. Hmm. So, all right, Matt, um, that's all I got. Self-directed IRA, uh, learn more. And again, if you're going to, if you want to invest in one of our deals, I'm happy to point you to uh, a couple of the, the um, custodians that our investors have used. Um, but otherwise, just a quick Google search should get you some good information. All right. Very good. All right. Well, you have a fantastic rest of the day. Make every day Saturday. Thanks. You too. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. Your rating review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to venturedproperties.com, venturedproperties.com and download our free ebook uh, on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and, and also, look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.